Tonight on Let It Rip, former President Trump formally charged the judge asking him to watch his mouth. Trump lashing out anyway, lobbing accusations at the district attorney and the judge. Is it a witch hunt or does the case hold water and will it go to trial? But first, Governor Gretchen Whitmer talking one-on-one -on -one exclusively with Fox 2. She says she's living up to her promises in her first 100 days of her second term, but conservatives say her priorities are misplaced. The debate heats up starting now. Tonight on Let It Rip, former President Trump formally charged the judge asking him to watch his mouth. Trump lashing out anyway, lobbing accusations at the district attorney and the judge. The criminal is the district attorney because he illegally leaked massive amounts of grand jury information. I have a Trump-hating judge with a Trump-hating wife and family whose daughter worked for Kamala Harris and now receives money from the Biden-Harris campaign. Is it a witch hunt or does the case hold water and will it go to trial? But first, Governor Gretchen Whitmer talking one-on-one -on -one exclusively with Fox 2. She says she's living up to her promises in her first 100 days of her second term, but conservatives say her priorities are misplaced. The debate heats up starting now. Time now to let it rip. We'll get to our panel in just a second. You know, the governor touched on several topics in that exclusive one-on-one -on -one interview with Fox News Dave Kinchin. Two of the big campaign promises already fulfilled, repealing the state's 1931 abortion ban and right to work. You know, Whitmer talked about why both had to go, adding when it comes to right to work, it's possible for businesses and unions to thrive. And she tied the abortion issue in with the economy as well. Take a listen. It made it more difficult for the average person to make sure that they're in a position to negotiate for decent wages and time off with their family. And that's why we thought that it was so important to restore these rights. Now we have to have a mindset of the power of and, and that means business can thrive. That's very important to our state and our economy and workers can make a good living in the state. This is a moment where some states are taking rights away from people, but here in Michigan, we're, we're codifying rights and expanding rights. And I think that that freedom to be who you are and to know you've got protection under the law and you can make your own decisions is gonna be really important, not just for today, but as we think about the future of our economy too. We're joined now by Democratic insider and consultant Alexis Wiley and Republican strategist Jamie Rowe and Fox 2 anchor and attorney Charlie Langton. Always good to see all of you. Thank you for joining us. Let's get right to it. The governor today telling Fox 2 exclusively, Alexis, that when you give people the right to choose for an abortion, you're allowing more businesses to come in. But aren't you, when you repeal right to work, taking away the rights of a worker to say, I do or don't want to be in a union. Absolutely not. I think that really what we're doing is we're thinking about workers as a whole, right? We're thinking about making it, and, and I think the governor has done a really great job of thinking about bringing, attracting businesses who are going to create thousands of jobs, but also making sure that when those workers get those jobs, that they have rights, that they can advocate for high wages, that they're not taking advantage of. Advantage of. She's making sure that we're taking care of business and creating opportunities for everyone, but also making sure that when you get those opportunities, you can thrive in it and really have a, a living wage for your family. But what about the person who says, look, you know, I, I work in a union shop and thus far I didn't have to pay those dues because I don't necessarily agree with everything that this union is doing. And now you're saying, no, if you're part of that union, you have to pay your dues. Isn't that taking away a right? 
I think if we're actually honest about what the union did, they paved the way for you to actually have the rights that you've got. And yeah, my experience is that there might be some people who are upset about paying dues, but at the end of the day, it's the union that fights those battles to make sure that you're taken care of, that your rights are advocated for. And it's not fair that some are paying to support the union, while others are just benefiting from it and getting it for free. Jamie Rowe, this is a big accomplishment by the governor that she's been boasting about, right to work. When you take a look at this, does it help business? Does it hurt business? Well, I think I would argue that it hurts business. And the fact of the matter is a lot of those workers in this state, particularly in the UAW, who were forced to pay union dues that went to bosses, union bosses that stole them. And there are a number of those union bosses that today are residing as guests of the government in prison as a result of it all. In forcing people to support an effort, just simply to have a job, to, to, to support uh, a union leadership that may well be stealing your money is not a good thing. I think giving, if the governor's for choice, why don't workers have a choice whether they want to join the union or not? Charlie? Workers do have a choice. They can vote out the union, vote in the union, so that's not the issue. And the issue is if people are, if anyone's stealing money, they should go to prison, and they have gone to prison. So that's a done deal. Right to work was a very limited, limited area, whereas if the union, if you're in a union shop, if you work there, and the union negotiates for you, you have to pay that. Nobody's forcing you to join a union. You don't have to join the union. That's the law. But you do have to pay for what the union does for your job. If, that's right to work. If I want the to the job at, at a Ford Motor Company assembly plant, I have to join the union. No, you have now. to pay for what the union does. You don't have to join you the union. To join the union. You, you can pay, pay for what dues. the union does. Yeah. There's, there's no one Folks, saying okay, it's, a, so it's a subtle the, difference, the other but it is choice, a difference. You're not forced to join a union, but you do have to pay your dues, but and they represent your interests, whether you like it or not. Now, back to the abortion law. This was a huge deal. The governor signing this into law saying, look, we women have a freedom of choice here. She says that states like Florida, in which, of course, Ron DeSantis in town today in Michigan, uh, states like that are un-American and some of their policies are sickening. And yet DeSantis turns around and says, pointing the finger at Michigan, saying this is the reason that everyone from Michigan is moving to Florida. But when you look at the abortion law, doesn't that make it more attractive for, for business? when people believe that they have those types of choices in the state like Michigan? Then, wh then why aren't they moving to Michigan instead of moving to places like Florida or Tennessee or Texas? Fact of the matter is people are moving out of the state. Since, since 2020, over 43,000 people have left Michigan and haven't been re replaced by other people. Our population is down. Now, in, in the governor touts this, repealing the 1931 law as a, uh, uh, some great accomplishment, but the fact of the matter is the people repealed it basically last November when they passed Proposal 3. So I think what, what they did was symbolic, and if they feel good about the symbolism of, of repealing that law, I have no issue with repealing that law because simply it, was, it, it wasn't even in effect. But Alexis, when DeSantis comes to town, he basically is here to attack Whitmer in the whole of course, gaining points with Republicans who may be disenfranchised by Trump. And if you look at what's happening in Florida, they've had the largest population growth from 2021 to 22 than any other state in the country. Their job growth was second in the nation. Michigan had 35th in the nation. 
You think what's going on in Florida is working under DeSantis's clock? You know, I, I, I can't, I, I wouldn't move to Florida, but with that said, I think that what the governor's trying to do is she's really working to attract companies that are going to create great jobs. And I think that you see what she's doing. You see Ford is opening their new, you know, Blue Oval plant in Marshall. You see new companies coming in Detroit, coming all over the state, because she is creating an environment where business is welcome, but also people's rights are respected. And I know for a fact that there are companies who are saying, look, we won't go to a state where women's health care is criminalized. We won't go there. Our employees don't want to be there. Michigan is a welcoming place. And you talk about the repeal of the 1931 law, but also think about Elliot Larson, where they, she's made it clear that everyone should be treated fairly under the law and respected. She's made Michigan a place that is open to everyone. Jamie, she has said bigotry is bad for business. When you hear some of the things that DeSantis is saying when it comes to the ban on so many of the books and some of the other things that some people call intolerant, do you understand why Whitmer says bigotry is bad for business? I don't think that anything Governor DeSantis has addressed in Florida is bigoted. What he's tried to do is protect children. And I think protecting children from being sexualized is a very good thing, particularly I'm a father of two daughters. And to think some of the things that they have tried to teach children in, in schools, that, that, that can't happen. And quite honestly, I think he is, what he's done down there reflects the will of the people and of parents. Charlie, I want to ask you this. The governor has had a resounding win here in the state of Michigan. Democrats won both chambers. That's why they're able to do what they're doing. How can anyone say that the Democrats aren't doing the work of the people who voted them in office. They're not. They can do that. They can absolutely say that. And they are. Elections have consequences. And when the public votes in a completely Democratic legislature, a Democratic governor, a Democratic Supreme Court, arguably, a lot is going to get done very quickly. I'm surprised more wasn't, wasn't done, to be honest with you. But I think on the abortion issue, I think we all learned, Democrats and Republicans, that abortion was a, a, a call to arms for the Democrats. It was a losing, losing cause for the Republicans. And I would say politically, it's very astute part of the, as part of the governor to symbolically, Jamie's right, 31 laws gone because of Proposal 3, but let's keep this flame going just a little bit more. It's good politics because abortion means Democrats and anybody opposing it these days, no good. Jamie Rowe, do the Republicans in Michigan fail to address the issues that really matter to the people and the voters? I think that they made some mistakes. In, quite honestly, I think this legislature's made some mistakes. In, in the biggest one that they've made is basically from day one when they took over this year, they have tried to take away the income tax cut that was coming to every Michigan citizen because of the uh, growth in, in state revenue. And at the same time they were trying to take away our income tax cut, they were trying to use that money basically as a funding source to fund the SOAR fund, which funds communist Chinese battery plant in Big Rapids. I want to be able to get to some of these other elements that we're talking about, including the President Trump factor. The former president, of course, talked about quite a bit right now, and our own Dave Kinchin had a chance to talk one-on-one -on -one to uh, Governor Whitmer about her thoughts on what's been unfolding. Take a listen. 
You know, I'm not quite sure what to make of it. You know, as a lawyer, I know what I do know and what I don't know. And I think there's a whole swath of information that we, the public, have yet to see. So it's hard for me to give you a legal opinion on that. I just know that the average person in this country wants leaders who do the right thing, who never forget that they work for the people and don't get distracted by what's going on in the national news. So I'm not going to spend any more time on that. I'm going to just stay focused on what I can do here in Michigan. Can I get your political opinion? He's raising a lot of money off that indictment. You know, I, I, I don't even know what, you know what to say about that. All I can say is, you know, um, no one's above the law and everyone deserves their day in court. Alexis Wiley, the best, the gift that keeps on giving for former President Donald Trump is continued talk from Alvin Bragg. True or false? I actually think it's it's bad for politics. But what honestly. about for Trump, Alexis? For, uh, for Trump, I think that it's um, it's it's bad for him. But I, I think at the same time, in my, in my opinion, I just think that there are a lot of people who question whether the case will be strong and whether he'll be able to beat it. And I think uh, that has had a chilling effect and has been div divisive. Um, for all of us. So I, I don't have a straight-up sure. opinion on this because I just think it's, it's an issue. But, Jamie, the former president had a choice to do this indictment on Zoom and stay where he was in Mar-a-Lago and get this done. Instead, he flew. He made sure the cameras were ready to watch that plane land. He made sure that he did a, uh, an afternoon arraignment. And he made sure that he had a speech that was 25 minutes long. Does this help the former president? I think it has helped uh, bolster him with, with his base. I think long term, it's probably very much not helpful. Um, in the New York case, I, I mean, I'm not a lawyer, but I, it sounds to me like, like it's garbage. I, you know, Gretchen Whitmer fired her uh, HHS director, made him sign a non-disclosure agreement, and gave him $155,000 in hush money. Okay. But here's a fact. Hush money is not the crime that it's, former President Trump is being accused of. Right. It's the way he right. kept those paperwork. Records, right? It's paperwork. paperwork. Okay, let's talk about what, <laughs> Jamie Rowe, you say that this governor's priorities are misguided. Yes. When you take a look at the gun legislation, the 1931 abortion law, the right to work repeal, and the popularity that she currently has with voters, how do you say that? Because I think right to work, if you pulled right to work, right to work has supported about two-thirds of the voters of this state. If there's a ballot initiative to enshrine right to work in, in the uh, Constitution, I think it would pass. Um, what should the governor be doing that she's not? I think what she should be doing is trying to help families put more money in their pockets by letting our income tax cut go forward and perhaps cut income taxes further. Alexa, social issues, she's doing very well on. Is she doing well on kitchen table economics? Absolutely. So? Attracting companies that are creating thousands of good paying jobs, making sure that unions are strong so they can continue to advocate for strong wages and, and to take care of those families that Jamie talks about. We, She is doing exceptionally and I honestly think you're going to see her popularity grow as more people get those jobs, as schools get better, childcare all of the different things she's focused on, she's delivering on everything she ran on. Sounds like she's running for president. I, I'm not, I don't believe that. I'm, all I know is that she's a great <laughs> governor and she's doing a great job. It, it does help when you have the legislature on your side. I mean, all these things could have been done the first four years, and of course they weren't. Why? Arguably because of the legislature. It is good to have uh, a little diversity in politics, uh, but we're seeing she's, she's doing all of her promises that she's made, and, and that's what happened. Elections have consequences. If Joe Biden doesn't do well, does Governor Whitmer do well? 
I, I honestly don't think they're that connected. I, I do believe they're connected, but I honestly think that people in Michigan are judging her as, in, in terms of what is she doing as governor? What is she doing for me and my family? And I think she is doing an exceptional job making sure that she's addressing those issues that people in this state care about. Alexis Wiley, Jamie Rowe, always good to see both of you. Charlie and I are coming back on the other side of the break to continue the conversation as we dive deeper into the case against former President Trump. And in the case against him, you know what, there's a lot of people asking whether these charges are just trumped up or are they legit? The debate rolls on next. Back now, Letter Rip taking a closer look at the case against former President Trump, Democratic strategist Greg Bowens, and Republican State Senator Jim Runstead, and Fox 2 anchor and attorney Charlie Langton are ready to roll. Let's get right into it. We have about nine minutes to unpack all of this for all of Detroit, and we want to start with you, Greg. Uh, Alvin Bragg, the district attorney there, basically said, look, you got 34 counts of falsifying business records. There's going to be a tall order for this guy to have to prove that this was not just a misdemeanor of sloppy business keeping, mm -hmm. but was instead a felony. Why do you think it was a felony? Why is that? Why do you think that it amounts to something so big? Well, the lawyer here can answer that, but for the most part, if somebody breaks into your house or they look like they're about to break into your house and the police approach them, right, and they find that they have tools, you know, to break into your house. Well, they haven't actually broken into your house. It looks like they were about to, they're suspicious, and so you can get charged, you know, with getting ready to break and enter. So I think it's the same kind of like logic that goes on here. Again, I'm not a lawyer in relationship to this, but you know, if the crime, the crime is, uh, the felony is tax fraud. The felony is, um, is uh, election fraud. Business records, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's to, it's to cover up these other things. So you got to prove, I suppose, what the intent was, and we get to that. You know, either way this goes, this looks bad for him. And while he's focused on this, he's not able to campaign in the same kind of way. And and when he does get the public's attention, he's boring. But Greg, if you look at what he did, yeah. and, and by flying over there, he didn't even have to do this arraignment uh, in person. He chose to do it. He looked right at the camera as he was doing his walk. He sat in the courtroom. There's a photo of him. He is using this as a way to get people to donate money. His website shows it. All of his accounts show that. Mr. Runstead, Senator Runstead, I mean, is this the best thing to happen to former President Trump? No, it, it is certainly not the, the best thing, and it will be drip, drip, drip. They will continue this. Um, uh, you're correct that uh, he's going to have a tough time with campaigning when we have a third world banana republic style uh, justice system. Uh, we had the uh, Russian collusion hoax for four years, completely a canard, complete lie. Democrats colluding with the media to keep this drumbeat going for four years. <clears throat> then we have this Alvin Bragg who ran for office. He ran for office. I'm going to get to Donald Trump. I had sued Donald Trump. I'm going to get Donald Trump. That was what he, he ran on. And so he takes a case that was dropped by the uh, uh, the U.S. Uh, attorney's office, by the former district attorney. They said there's no there there. He goes after it. He waits six years past the uh, statute of limitations. He takes a misdemeanor, a guy whose entire career has been taking felonies and getting them down to uh, misdemeanors. He takes a misdemeanor and but tries Senator, to get it up to a felony. If, if a Democrat turned around who was a high-profile politician and he said he was paying his lawyer for legal fees and it turns out that all of that money was actually being used uh, as a way to hush some people up, 
you would would you be saying the same thing? We don't know all the details. Michael Cohen, who they're they're saying this is our star witness, a serial perjurer who's been in jail. Nobody believes a word this guy says, and this is the star witness. So we don't know the facts. He he shows the fel the misdemeanor uh, charges, but then the felony, the federal felony charge. He says that's to come. Why wasn't that produced now? But but Senator Run said, tell me this: if a Democrat was saying I'm paying my lawyer, and instead he was having another arrangement, and it was a falsified business document, would you feel the same way? I, I would, if, if it was illegal, then I would feel the same way. But we don't know all the details. We've got this lying perjurer, Michael Cohen, is the star witness. We don't know. Charlie, this is going to be an uphill battle for Alvin Bragg, isn't it? Because the bottom line here is you're talking about federal charges in some cases here that he's saying, no, look, here in the state of New York, this is sloppy business keep bookkeeping, and it constitutes perhaps a felony. For him to go from misdemeanor to felony, how tough is that going to be? I think it's going to be very tough. I think there's no question, though, there were phony documents. I think when the scheme was devised in which to, remember, the money, the 130000 was paid by Michael Cohen, not by Donald Trump. So Donald Trump says, hey, Michael Cohen, make, Don, make up Stormy quiet, but I'm not going to pay her. There's not going to be any money trail between Trump and Stormy. So Cohen pays, takes a home a mortgage, on a, on a, a home equity loan on his house. So now Trump's got to pay him back. So they have a meeting in the Oval Office after Trump gets elected, and Michael Cohen says, uh, Mr. President, you owe me 130. And by the way, you can't just call it legal fees, because then tr uh, Cohen would have to pay tax on it. So he, had, he doubled it so that it would be, look like legal fees, and then Cohen would pay the tax on it to get his 130 to pay off his home loan. Bottom line is the documents, and this is the problem. Cohen sent a phony invoice to Trump. Trump sent a phony check and called it legal fees. There's no doubt about that. That's in the indictment. He can't do anything with that. That's a problem. However, statute of limitations, is this that big of a deal? And it is done every day to pay people to settle cases. So in the big picture, I don't think this is a big question. Greg Bowens, yeah. you, well, I want to ask you this, though, because, look, the former district attorney in New York had a choice to prosecute this. He said no. Alvin Bragg himself first came in office and said, I'm not going to do it. And the feds didn't take it. Why now? You know, it's interesting. Alvin Bragg said the reason why he did do it was because new evidence came to light. Now, I presume when the trial goes on, we will discover when well, that Greg, evidence came from. That's easy for him to say, though, because when well, asked about that, he says, I'm not going to tell you because I don't need to tell you what the Right, but you know, you don't lay, the prosecutor's not going to lay everything out for the defense right away to give Should them the time to like, do it. be laid out? But the other thing is, is that let's not forget that the former prosecutor there got pressured by the Justice Department to not do it. Who was running the Justice Department at that time? But, Trump. But after that. Barr. After they that. They leaned on him, and that's why it was dropped. But after that, it was looked at again by several people who said this is not a viable case. Can you see how some people are calling this a witch hunt? Oh, but they always, politicians always do that. Do you know that politicians have been getting convicted? The first U.S. Senator, 1878. Something like that. I don't know, but it was it was it was it was a long time ago. Was there have been more. Senator? Yeah, it was a Republican senator. So there there have been hundreds. Hillary. There there have been hundreds, literally hundreds of people who have been prosecuted while they were in office. So there's no reason why we should think that the president is somehow the former president is somehow immune to being held accountable. And the big thing is going to be coming. We just keep talking about it. You know, not the big like bomb that dropped in Lansing today with all those Republicans. Are you wearing a wire? I don't know. <laughs> 
Senator Runson, I got to ask you, we only have two and a half minutes left here, but the former president has been told by a judge, and by all his life, he's played by his own rules by the most part, and he's been had a lot of money, a lot of power, and now he's been told by a judge, keep your mouth shut, and yet he comes out at Mar-a-Lago with a 25-minute speech in which he's debasing and making fun of the judge and the DA, and the judge warned him, don't do that again. Is he going to get himself in trouble before the CBC? Of course the judge, who is a political leftist hack, uh, that's his entire history, and the DA, a political leftist hack. Their whole purpose of this entire case is shut your mouth, do not run for office. And when this one's open, they'll dribble out another and another and another. And Hillary Clinton's 33,000 emails she deletes 15 days after getting a subpoena. Is she in jail? Is anything being done. This is what I said about we're turning into a banana republic where it depends on who you are. Like Stalin said, show me the man, I'll show you the, the crime. Right. No, 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 no. Well, we got to stop. This is the United States of America. We are not a banana republic. Show me the man, I'll show you the crime. That's what we're talking about. you saying that. One second, though. Whether or not he's guilty or innocent, contempt of court is something that a judge can throw at him because he's opening his mouth. He's not the only one who's not supposed to do that. Charlie, is there some legal basis for this judge to say, stop it, I already told you not to, and yes. now you're in trouble? Yeah. Yeah. In fact, the best thing in the world is Trump should shut up right now. I don't care what kind of case it is. I tell every single client, we don't even talk about the case until we get out of the courtroom. And for him to go on national television and say that the judge's wife is corrupt and the judge's kid is corrupt, the judge, that's not going to help Donald Trump. We're going to take a look at this on a closer level, of course, throughout the week and perhaps on many letter rips to come. But on the other side of the break, we're going to come back with some final thoughts from our panel. Sloppy bookkeeping or a felony? Senator Run said, Greg Bowens, we'll start with you, Greg. <laughs> and this is not the banana republic. This is not, a banana, this yeah. is not a banana yeah. republic. You know, I believe in the justice system. These things will work out. This is probably the first of several cases. But I'm telling you, we're watching the meltdown of a campaign. He's not going to be able to carry this on. We're going to have images of him in court, more images of him in court. He's going to be going to court, giving depositions. How are you going to run a campaign Senator this? Runstead, he's And listen, one thing, tomorrow is the biggest Democratic Party. It's a fish fry at the TULC. Nobody is going to be crying about Donald Trump. Senator Runstead, you listen, he's already raised $8 million since this all started. This is yeah, because the people can see, yeah, some, some sloppy bookkeeping, but sloppy prosecution. This case is slopped. It has been uh, rejected by all these other, uh, the Attorney General, uh, the uh, Federal Attorney General, the former prosecutor attorney. And and this guy cooks up this dead, completely dead misdemeanor and then makes it into a felony and doesn't even disclose Senator the facts. Did you contribute? Did you contribute? Uh, contribute? To Trump. Uh, money? No. <laughs> Senator Ronstead. So part of the $8 million is not Senator Ronstead's money there. We I, I didn't write all $8 million. Greg Bowen, good to see you. It. Charlie, thanks for joining us as usual. And that does it for this edition of Let It Rip. The Let It Rip discussion continues online. Sound off on Facebook, Twitter, or Fox2Detroit.com.